Hi, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every week talking to you about business balance, entrepreneurship, wellness, and everything in between. And you can definitely be using that hashtag boss so hard anywhere on the internet so we can keep up with what you are doing because we love keeping up with our listeners, seeing what projects you're launching, seeing what businesses you're launching. Um, that's really what keeps us super motivated to keep bringing you awesome episodes here. So, yes. And um, I do all the things. I own a branding strategy studio. I have a paper company. I've been working on the industry as a graphic designer, front end developer by trade for 15 years, in case you are new here. And in case you are new here, I have been an entrepreneur for, oh goodness, how many years now? Like 15? Like getting at a big age. Um, and I am currently the co-founder of a nonprofit called Love Doesn't Hurt, Inc. And I also run a candle studio called Kismet and Charisma, um, where we create like hand poured, beautiful organic candles that smell absolutely delicious. And you should go order one. I literally poured all morning, so it smells absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, and we've both worked, um, you know, in, in entrepreneurship for quite some time. So we love to come on here and share with you about service-based businesses, product-based businesses, businesses that we don't know about, like the toy industry or the makeup industry. We've really been lucky to kind of interview some of the uh, best and brightest of so many different fields on here. Very true. And I'm excited about this month. We've had some good guests. It's Women's History Month. There's been so much happening in the world. I feel like I, between every week of us recording, I feel like a hundred years have come by. It like, really oh, yeah. does <laughs> feel that way. Thursday. That was just last Thursday. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a nice. I'm located in Orlando, so you know it's it's going. We're getting to spring break time, so I will probably be inside more than I would like to be. So I'll probably be working because we have a lot of projects right now. And physically, I mentally just cannot. I don't know why, how. I said, I said this last week and I still, this week, I'm like, I don't know. I just eat and sleep sometimes. But the rest between is just working and then me standing outside trying to uh, negotiate with the sun to give me back all the vitamin D I didn't get last year. <laughs> yeah, I've been really lacking in vitamin D because if you've been listening, you know that I used to live in the Orlando area and now I moved to the DC area. So I just went through my first like real winter and I'm not a fan. Um, I like fake winter like we have in Florida where it's like, you know, it does get like to like what, like the 50s, maybe the 40s, but you're not dealing with like ice or anything like that. Whereas like here was just like ice for days, not snow, just ice, and then plenty of gray skies, which was just terrible. Um, but now it's kind of like, I'm trying not to get too excited because it seems like it's spring, but I hear a lot of people talk about like false spring. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if this is like legit yeah. spring or not. Um, but you know, the sky is blue every day. The sky is blue. I am so thankful. And I never like, it's just something I took for granted before. And now every day I'm just like, oh my goodness, the sky is blue. Thank you, God. This is everything to me. So yeah, I'm trying to get out of the house more just to, you know, walk around and everything. But I do wonder, I don't think that our area is going to be super busy spring break wise, but I do think like, you know, the National Mall with like cherry blossom season and stuff, it's probably going to get really busy. So trying to get out to those places now on weekends so that when everyone else is at them, I won't be at them because I saw pictures of cherry blossom season from previous years. And that that looks terrifying even when it's not COVID. 
right? I'm like, I don't want to be in that, like in normal times, like that's too much. Um, and I'm like, since we've last recorded, I actually, I think since the last recording is when I got my, um, did. I got my first shot for the vaccine up here. Um, I ended up getting the Pfizer shot. John already is completely vaccinated because they vaccinate all teachers in the area that we live, which is part of why we moved here, uh, in the middle of COVID. So yeah, he's fully vaccinated. He had very little, um, symptoms. Uh, he had really no symptoms after the first shot. After the second one, he had a very light, low grade fever that lasted like maybe two or three hours. Um, and I was, you know, preparing to have symptoms, but didn't really have any, like just felt like a teeny bit tired. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Pfizer is like a very, uh, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's strong. Okay. It's just <laughs> a strong vaccine. So the first dose of Pfizer has a lot uh, in it, I guess, you know, uh, I'm not a scientist, obviously go, go check with scientists and doctors, but if yeah. If you do work in vaccines, please I would, yeah, yeah, I would love to have that conversation because I like, I know that what I'm saying is factual. I don't know the best way to explain it, but basically it's like the first dose of Pfizer has a lot of what keeps you safe in it. And so after the first dose, you're like, you're really actually quite safe. Obviously, you shouldn't just like throw a caution to the right. way. You're quite safe. So it's just there is a sense of relief with like having to go to the grocery store and things like that that wasn't there before. Obviously, I'll feel so much better when I'm two weeks out from my last shot because that's when they say you're at like your full, you yeah. know. Yeah. So but I, I do plan. I don't know. I, I know we're like entering into a new phase and stuff and Maybe it would be great to have somebody, you know, doctor, scientist, whatever on here to talk about that. But um, for me, I, at this point, I feel like I've been able to get vaccinated early because um, I have a health condition that allowed me to do so. John is a teacher. And so that allowed him to do so. But plenty of people haven't gotten vaccinated, even people that are immunocompromised for various reasons, because you could have a certain type of um, thing going on with your immune system to where they have to figure out which is the right shot for you. They might not have that shot in your area, like that particular vaccine, things like that. So really until everyone who wants to be vaccinated is vaccinated, I feel like I still need to be like staying inside and being cautious because I could possibly still pass it on to them. They're not hundred percent sure yet. I think whether or not like we can still pass it on to other people, even if we're vaccinated. So until that data has come out and they know for sure that I can't give it to anyone else, I'm going to still act like, you know, I could get it and give it to someone because I don't want to kill someone. So yeah, and pretty simple, cool, but just like be, be cautious. As a note of empathy, as vaccines are being rolled out and um, like Alaska announced that they are vaccinating everyone under over 16 now and it was a lot of people being upset and I understand your frustration, especially if you have a, you know, you have an issue or something that makes you high risk or you're just tired. <laughs> like I, I get it. We're all tired. Um, but it's, it's going to be a time and the rollout's happening really uh, efficiently despite on of how we feel about it. Like we don't feel like it's fast enough, but to me, I honestly think it's moving pretty quickly and I'm okay with, sitting by and letting people who are high risk or have conditions that could make them more compromised for getting COVID get vaccinated first. So just uh, have grace for people. And like you said, you don't know why someone got vaccinated. So don't make an assumption. I've seen a lot of uh, really cruel posts from people, even that like I know that they've been like, oh, well, this person who works at Publix got vaccinated. And I'm like, why does that matter? You don't know what 
this person A is meeting hundreds of people every day yeah. at their job, they're at risk, but also you don't know that they're healthy. You're just assuming, right. you, you know, so just don't, let's be kind, wait patiently and our time will come. If you haven't been able to get vaccinated yet, or if you're in an area like I am where your governor's trying to kill you, <laughs> time, there will be something that will come up that where you can find uh, a place to get vaccinated. And it was not easy. I know it's frustrating, but it will happen. I'm really hoping that like, um, you talked about we talked about offline new york and both california have kind of like a volunteer system where you can volunteer at certain places and then get the vaccine i'm kind of hoping more places will roll that out because i will gladly volunteer for yeah. hours to get vaccinated like that's not an issue for me so well and i know a lot of people are confused because like so i i post obviously still a lot about like florida specifically and so i've been letting everyone i know like know that florida has opened up fema sites and they're vaccinating people so people that i know from other states are very confused and they're like, why is my state that's like a blue state yeah. doing a better job than Florida? So like I I thought living here that I would be, you know, I just assumed originally like, yeah, I'll probably be vaccinated like way before, you know, people in Florida, but it ended up being like, I got vaccinated like a few days before the FEMA sites opened. And so, I mean, obviously for me, I'm like, I want people vaccinated. So like that was the best news ever for me. And I've been literally just personally messaging everybody and, and being like, let's get a vaccine. Literally she is. Yeah. Let's get a vaccine plan in place. And it's so funny because when people do get their dates, like everyone texts me and I absolutely love that and adore that. But so the thing is, is that if you're wondering like, well, why is Florida doing like quote unquote better than my state when it comes to this, it's because we, well, they um, have federal help at this point because DeSantis, like you were just saying, like when your governor's trying to kill you, DeSantis was really not trying to vaccinate people. It was taking so long. John's mom is 70 and she's been trying consistently, you know, from day one. She lives in South Florida and has not been able to, uh, you know, get an appointment yet. So it, he just was doing such a bad job with the rollout that uh, federal, you know, like government was brought in. And that's where FEMA came in and has set up shop in Orlando, uh, Tampa, Miami, and I believe Jacksonville to kind of help get more and more and more people vaccinated. CVS also stepped up and said, like, they'll vaccinate oh, yeah. all teachers, yes. that sort of thing. So vaccinating all teachers. No if you were like, in a state where it's like you are really like struggling, like I would reach out to, you know, the lawmakers and such in your state and say, Hey, we want FEMA to come in here. Um, reach out to representatives, reach out and like go above their heads. Like if your governor, you know, is like, just keep going up until you get answers. And I know people are like, a lot of times people think that, you know, that sort of thing doesn't happen, but like, how do you think it happened in Florida? Because Florida actually has a lot of really great organizers and a real lot of really great leaders like Anna Eskamani who will go to bat for, you know, the people that live there. This is why like Georgia turned blue, right? Like just because these states have been red historically or like you might have like a certain thought about them doesn't mean that everybody who lives in that state is that way. And so the people that are there are fighting, you know, to, to get people vaccinated. So it's like get involved in your state and, you know, try to get, try to get, you know, that federal help in there because that makes a huge difference. The difference between what before FEMA came in and after has been night and day. Yeah. Like I went from having, I went from being like, I honestly was so nervous as I was like, and I felt bad too. Cause I was like, oh man, like we're like, we're getting vaccinated. Like my family at North is getting vaccinated, but I was like, I have no idea when my Florida people are going to get vaccinated. And I don't know, you know, like how, like when that's going to change, like we're not hearing anything about this. Like just like they hadn't changed the group at all. Like old people still weren't able, it was just so frustrating. And then literally it seemed like overnight, it's like now. I would say half the people I know in Florida are probably vaccinated now. 
Yeah. And half the people I know are high risk and are teachers, but, you know, so like that, that, you know, factors into it, but it's just like these teachers had literally no plan of being able to get vaccinated anytime soon. And then a few days later it was like, Oh, we're vaccinating teachers. And now every teacher I know is vaccinated. So it's, it's happening. But yeah, like I said, just if you, if you need to, you know, cause a ruckus and raise your voice, do it, you know? Yeah. So our episode today is really amazing. If you have come into the world of plants over the pandemic or even prior to, uh, you're going to enjoy this a lot, even if you haven't, but you've been thinking about ways to um, upgrade the decor in your home that is a little bit more cost efficient and want to upgrade your home office. Maybe this is a really good episode because our guest has a, really breaks it down into really easy terms on, on how to take care and love and, and have plants. So I'm really excited about the episode. It's been a really good one and you're excited to continue to give you content that works out and we'll keep you updated. Um, if I ever get vaccinated, I'll let you guys know. I'm looking forward to it any day now. I'm, I'm waiting patiently for my turn, but yeah, we'll try to continue to keep you updated on that point. Cause I know people are looking to hear other people's experiences like myself. I didn't, I knew people were getting vaccinated, but I didn't really know too many people personally. And so it's been nice to hear other people's uh, like John's, you know, situation and not yours yeah. and seeing how people have reacted to it. I'm my best friend now. And I should and- say that like in my family, so like John and I both got Pfizer, like I said, not a lot of reaction to the first shot. He had mild reaction to the second. I haven't got my second yet. I will get it in about three, three weeks. Um, the rest of my family got Moderna. Um, so you have my brothers who both have, um, like they're both immunocompromised and specifically have breathing problems. So that's, you know, been a concern. Um, but they did not really have, they were just very tired, very, very tired for both shots. And then my mom is over 60 and she got the Moderna shot as well. Um, and she was, uh, way more tired the second time than the first time and just like achy and sore, but not like really bad. And it only lasted two days. And then my brother's partner, um, is not immunocompromised, but works, um, in like, uh, on the front line with children and was able to get vaccinated because of that. And again, kind of just tired, not really too different than, um, my brother's experience. So they were just kind of tired and that was pretty much it. So, you know, nothing too bad. A lot of people have said that they've had um, sore arms where the injection site was. Um, John's mom is a nurse or she was a nurse. Thank goodness she's not now because I don't think that my anxiety could handle that. (laughs) Um, But she's been retired for a few years. But what she recommended was us moving our arms around to kind of stretch like during that first day, not anything strenuous, but just light stretching. And so I did that. And Like I did it after getting the shot and my injection site was not sore, whereas my brothers didn't do that the first time and their injection site was a little more sore. So just some tips, you know, again, everybody is different. And if you are feeling, you know, some of the things that they say that you can feel, that's totally normal. That just means that vaccine is doing what it's supposed to do. They will keep you for 15 minutes uh, to just make sure that everything is good and you're not having like a severe reaction. So yeah, I'm excited for people to get it. Like, I just, you know, knowing people are going to be safer is always just a relief with everything that we've gone through uh, this past year. So every single time that I hear a new friend has got an appointment, I just, it's emotional. Like, I just feel like crying every single time. I do like a little jump for joy. Yeah. So continue to stick around for updates on that. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. So I'm really, really excited today because we have someone on who I have wanted to have on for probably like well over a year now. I've been following her on Instagram and just like 
her just green, beautiful, like lush home, just like, oh, it's everything I need, especially like having moved from, you know, Orlando to DC now. It's like I'm trying to get on that level. So hello to Donna. I'm so excited that you're on the podcast today. For our listeners who don't already know you, just let us know a little bit about you and what you do as a botanical curator. All right. First of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, So my name is Donna and I live in New York City. So um, like you know, many people, I had to make a pivot in my career in 2020. So I was working as a freelance photographer when the pandemic hit. So a lot of the events were canceled. So I just decided to turn my passion and expertise of plants into a business instead of just a pretty Instagram. So this year I launched the Ratchet Hipster on Juneteenth, no less. So a a little bit like about me as a botanical curator is I assist weary would-be green thumbs to find the perfect plant to thrive in their space. So I help people discover the joy and healing power of plants. Now, a lot of people think plant care has to be difficult, but I don't believe it has to be that way. I don't think there's such a bad thing as a thing as a bad plant. You just have to find the right one for your space. So just like we all kind of have different personalities, you and your houseplant that you think you might like, you might not jive well. And that's where I come mm-hmm. in. That makes so much sense. Wow. Yeah, because we don't all Yeah, like we don't all get along. Like if you go to a cocktail party, you kind of know who you're gonna vibe with and who you're not. So it's just like plants. Like you might say, Oh, that's a pretty face, but it turns out, you know, the care might not be for you. Yeah. Yeah. It really, yeah, that that helps me put into perspective because a lot of times I like see a particular plant and I'm like, I want that plant, but then I'll like watch you caring for it and like Google it and like, and I'm just like, I don't know how to, like, that's a lot, (laughs) you know, like I'm like overwhelmed, but I love that you're like, no, there is a plant that is like the right vibe for you. Um, For me, it's always those plants that you can like, cannot kill. (laughs) Like those my vibe um you know but yeah I think that it's just like you a lot of times you look and you see that one that is like flashy or you see it everywhere at Instagram and like it's like "Mm, that might not be the best fit and I I definitely agree with that that makes sense yeah exactly and I see it a lot happening now especially during the pandemic like everyone's in the house like we're all you know looking online to buy things and a lot of people are into the big uh, trend of like rare plants, quote unquote. And so they buy like expensive plants and then they kill them because, you know, they don't really know how to care for them. Mm -hmm. So I don't really want that for people. Like it's okay to start out with like quote unquote peasant plants because I mean, they need love too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like peasant plants need love too. So I think it's okay to start with like what some people think are like basic plants, like, it's fine as long as you can keep it alive. That's so. You have over eighty plants in a New York City apartment. What's the process to like to take care of all of those plants? Right. So I think I have over eighty now. Like I need to do another plant count, but I'm kind of scared to do that because I don't know if I want to say the number out loud to myself because mm-hmm. then I'll be like, maybe I should slow down. But you know, so um. It ha- I had to like have a system in place, right? Because if you don't have a system in place, you're just going to get overwhelmed like anything in life. Like we have to like set a system to exercise, eat, you know, take time for ourselves. 
So I also offer a watering schedule on my website where people can just buy one and kind of keep track for themselves. But what I like to do personally is I like to take it by room. So all the rooms in our house have plants, like even the bathroom, the kitchen, everywhere. So like, let's say, for example, Monday, I'll water the plants in the dining room and then I'll rotate them because you want to rotate your plants a quarter turn. That way they grow properly and you want to make sure they're straight, make sure all the leaves get light or whatever. So if you ever notice that your plant's like leaning, like the Tower of Pisa, that means it's time to rotate when you water. So I usually take it um, by day. And that works for me because when I tried to take care of all of them at the same time, I would forget a few. And so they're no longer with us. Rest in peace. (laughs) But I like um, breaking it up because then it gives me a time to like break up the day, you know, especially working from home, we could get yeah. bogged down, like at our screens, you know, you're like, okay, it's, it's Monday at noon. I have to go rotate the dining room plans. So that's how I like to look at it. I like that. And I like that it gives you, like you said, like, it's kind of like a moment to get away from your screens and everything like that. Like, I won't lie. Like I don't have the best schedule. My schedule is on Monday. I remember that I have plants. <laughs> I go to I go to each one and I take it into the kitchen and I kind of look at it like, what do you need? You know, not really a hundred percent sure like what exactly they need. And then I put them back and I don't do the rotation thing, but what I do do is like when they start growing lopsided is when I kind of, that's when I rotate them. Now yes. what you're telling me makes a lot more sense. <laughs> like do it all the time. I just wait until it's like, wow, it's really growing towards the sun. Like how about I flip it? Right. Um, like, yeah. That, that makes a lot more sense to do it. Like, you know, all the time. Yeah. Especially it's good when you water them. That way you kind of remember I used to be really bad about that. And then like my plants would be like to the window, to the yep. wall. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what? so I was like, I need to be better about rotating. So yeah. yeah, I love that. So have you like always been a plant lover? Like how did you find this like love for plants and how did you kind of teach yourself to care for them? Yeah, for sure. So growing up, my mom, she's always had like a few house plants, like never more than like four or five. But my grandparents, they were like avid gardeners and they had, you know, like an apple orchard. And so that was nice. Yes, they they had apples, peaches, lilac trees. They grew all their vegetables. Like it was really nice. Um, But for me personally, um, I usually just buy plants with the seasons like most people. So I'll have like hanging baskets or I bought like a few, you know, like little palm tree or whatever at Ikea every now and then. But um, it wasn't until I had my upstairs neighbor, Calliope, she moved in. She's Greek. And she opened my eyes to the possibility of decorating with plants. So every time I would go upstairs to have like tea with her, I was just amazed at how she cared for her plants and how she incorporated her plant care into her like daily routine. So she's the one that taught me basically how to like care for plants. I didn't even know what propagation was until I met her. I didn't know like some of these herbs you can make into teas and like flowering plants. So she just really opened my eyes to like the botanical world. And so like, even though we have different decorating styles, like she's a little more bohemian. I really liked how, um, how I felt when I went into her space. And I really wanted to have that feeling in my home. So like mix that in with like 
2015, 2016, like the way the world was, I mean, it still is. I kind of like relied heavily on houseplants to like not take me to like a despair place. So for me, it was more about like mental health. And so it was nice to be able to like take care of something, something that's constant, that, you know, watching it grow, watching it develop. That's what really got me into it. Yeah. So that's when I really started like collecting them at like a faster pace. I really love that. And I love how you mentioned like when you would go to her house, the way you would feel, because that's 100% like for me, even just like looking at a photo, like, you know, looking at one of your photos where you're surrounded by plants, I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel like more at peace. And that is really the only thing that helps me keep these plants alive is just because I love the way it looks when you come in and there's just a ton of plants there. Like there's just something so calming about it. Like you're just really surrounding yourself with nature, which like, like you said, like, especially with, you know, the events of the last four years specifically have just been so much the events of the last year. Um, and of now we're more than ever like at home all the time. So it's so nice, like to kind of have that in your space to kind of bring a little bit of nature from outside in, you know, especially when you're in a big city type of area, you know, definitely. Definitely. And it's really hard because like we live in the concrete jungle, like thank goodness New York City has a lot of like green areas, but still like in the winter months, like you can't like, you know, go to the botanical garden and see like lush green things. Yeah. Nice to like bring that inside. And yeah, like I've killed my fair share through like trial and error, but I just want people to know like houseplants, it's not as daunting as it seems. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people, they're like, oh, you know, I see all these Instagram accounts or whatever, and I, that's not me. Like, I can't do it. But I think anybody can keep any, like, at least one plant alive. Like, I think that's possible. Yeah. Which borough are you in? I'm actually in the Bronx. Okay. Yeah. So my brother used to live, like, really close to the Bronx, like, kind of like Morningside Heights area. Yeah. Um, But now he's in Brooklyn. And, like, where he is in Brooklyn – it's it's so wild because like we just got a dog over quarantine and we're trying to make family plans for like when we can all actually see each other again. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to stay with you because you literally don't have any green space like where he lives. Like you can walk 20 minutes in almost every direction and there's like not like a big enough patch of grass for my dog to kind of like walk around and like pee. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Like the closest would be Prospect Park, but it's a good like 25, 30 minute walk. And that's like the only place that I can think of. So, yeah. and it's like, she's probably going to be over it having to do an hour, you know, right. just to go to the bathroom each time. She's going to be like, what the heck is this? So we literally think we're going to have to stay like in an Airbnb somewhere different, but it is wild because depending on like where exactly you are in the city, there are literally some places where there's just no green space. Exactly. And that's probably hard for your dog too, because it's just used to grass. But that's definitely yeah. why we take our shoes off when we come in. Cause I'm like every piece of like New York City <laughs> concrete has been like, you know, yep. That's very true. So what are five plants that you would recommend for a person who is brand new to caring to for plants, as you said, peasant plants need love to, to bring into their home. 
for sure. So if you decide to take this like journey on plant parenthood, like when you choose to bring them in your space, you need to factor in a few things. So some of those things are going to be like your lighting, how much light do you receive in your space? Also your time commitment. Like, do you want a plant that's kind of needy or do you want something that you can just kind of like, you know, water every so often? And also you need to take into account your space. So people often forget that plants are living things. Um, they don't talk back, but, you know, they're still alive. And so they can actually grow to like three to five feet wide or like seven feet tall. So you have to factor in your space. Like, do you want your monstera taking over that corner of your living room? So that's something else to think about. Um, also, you need to consider like the light. Like I said, if you live in a dark space, you might want to invest in some grow lights, those kind of things. But um, I offer a consultation service for some of these things, but some general plants that anybody could t um, pick up are the snake plant. So the snake plant's often called the mother-in-law's tongue because you can't kill it. So it's a very hard plant to kill. And you can find these like, like anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're like, write that one down. So a lot of people consider like the snake plant kind of like basic, but I like it because I feel like the way that the spears grow it's really nice for like modern decor. I like it. It's one of my favorites. I think I have about 10 of them. I lost count, but I like them. They're really good. Um, another plant that I would recommend would be a peace lily. Sometimes these often get bad raps because they're seen at like funerals. Like people give them to you, you know, when your loved ones die and they're like, oh, that's a funeral plant. But I like this plant in particular because it has boundaries and who doesn't love a good boundary <laughs> so it'll let you know when it needs to be watered by wilting and that's how you know so I'm like I could respect you you're telling me what your needs are like I like that mm -hmm. um another one would be a parlor palm so these ones can get pretty large so they'd be good to have as a statement plant in your entryway or a corner of your living room. And they're also good if you wanna have like some privacy from your neighbors in your outdoor space. Like if you don't have a fence or you're just on a balcony and you know you kind of don't want everyone looking at you sunbathing, those are also good to have. Um, the next one I would recommend would be an air plant. So they're kind of odd looking, they don't need soil. So you can literally decorate like any type of way that you want with this. You can place it on a bookshelf, Put it in a cute little, you know, mason jar or a little glass vessel or like with a crystal. We offer some in our shop with um, a crystal air plant, an air plant with a crystal. So that's how we offer air plants on our site. Um, they're really good. I enjoy those a lot. The next one I would recommend would be a pothos or pothos. Some people pronounce it. Those are like your classic office plant. Like you see it in the doctor's office, you know the hospital everywhere. So people love that plant because it's so easy. And it's usually the plant that people start out with when they first get into plant care, just because it's so easy. So those are the ones that I would recommend. These all look so much fancier and like harder than I would have assumed. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Like I'm like, I've been Googling at, at them as you've been saying them. Like I especially love like the parlor palm. Like that's one that I always see and I'm like, oh, I love that plant. But like, I've always just assumed like I'm going to murder it. Yeah. Um, so that's good to know because I'm like, your girl has like three succulents. I have like three Christmas cactuses and two mm -hmm. aloe plants. 
you're doing really well because for some reason succulents they don't like me I don't know what it is but we just don't get along so I just stay in my lane and just <laughs> don't buy them anymore but the parlor palms are super easy and those ones they're very hard to kill too yeah I'm like succulents can be hard to kill I guess Christmas cactuses I don't really know why mine I honestly think that the only reason that they're alive I think that like the spirit of my grandmother must come in and talk to these plants or something because yes, I, love I don't know how this is working like I'm like I don't know she used to love Christmas cactuses and aloe so that's kind of yeah. how I, I ended up like picking those plants um, and then I, I did kill a plant recently, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yes, it happens. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Right. <laughs> so why do you think it's important for those of us who live in big cities to have plants in our home? Cause I've definitely noticed a shift from living in, you know, sunny Orlando, Florida, where yes, it might rain, but you're going to have sun probably almost every day at yeah. most most points of the day, looking at my window and seeing all that greenery to now, you know, when I walk outside, it's like, I live in like a building that's above a grocery store. Like it's very like much more city like here. Yeah. And I find myself just wanting more and more plants. So go ahead and speak on that. Cause yeah, you definitely have, I mean, you have 80 plus in the New York and city apartment. So that's amazing yeah. to me. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks so much. I think it's so important to have plants, especially for city dwellers, because it's rough in these streets. Like, mm -hmm. even pre-pandemic, we were, like, running around to meetings on the train or bus or whatever. And it's just nice to come home and just have a spot where you can relax. You know what I mean? So there's something to be said about just, like, coming home and having, like, a little green oasis. No matter if it's, like, a few plants on your bookshelf or just like a few in the corner like everybody like needs a little space to unwind so I know personally for me um having a lot of plants indoors was great for seasonal depression because mm -hmm. everybody's always out well I mean we used to be out in the summer like the beach everywhere and then just like after Christmas those winter months are really hard until we get back into spring so it's been nice to have you know, green in the house, kind of like reminding me of the outdoors. Um, another thing I think is important is because plants are the best house guests, right? They're the best roommates. They don't talk back. They're not messy. They mind their business. So they're like the best kind of roommates you can have. Um, and they also purify the air. So that's another quality, especially for those of us that live in older buildings and like city, you don't know what's in the air. So Houseplants are a great way to help clean the air in your space. Yeah, I really love all of those points so well because this has been like my first like true winter mm -hmm. and seasonal depression hit me very hard out of nowhere. Like I wasn't yeah. expecting it to be um, as intense as it is. And I mean, I mean, Angelica can tell you in January, I was just like, I hate everyone. I hate everything. Like I was just over it. And I had never really experienced that before because, you know, I've always lived in in Orlando. Um, so it's wild how difficult winter can be, I think, especially after you have the holidays. Because mm -hmm, for, um, sure. for me, it's like, you know, when I think, you know, as a Floridian, like when you think of winter, you're often like Christmas, winter wonderland, you know, but yeah. then January comes and it's just like ice everywhere and it's terrible. And you're just like, this is horrible. And layering COVID on top of that, I think is, you know, obviously, especially hard. Yeah. Um, so I can see how like, 
yeah, seasonal depression is very, very real. And I'm sure more people experienced it this year than usual. And I didn't, it's funny because we lost a few plants in the move. So yeah, so like we didn't have as many as as we had before. And I also gave some away beforehand because I knew we weren't going to be able to safely transport all of them. So we lost two in the move and then I gave away six. Oh, yeah, because I was like, this is not going to work. Um, but like I was missing all of them so much. Like I never thought that I'd be like, wow, I really miss my plants that I just like randomly gave to friends. Yeah, because they yeah. become like a part of you. You know what I mean? Just like, I mean, a child, a pet, you know, they're part of the family. Yeah. And yeah, I think like caring for something, like taking that time, like you said, it's like, it's so helpful to just, you know, and then they're not rude like my dog. <laughs> yeah, right? They don't talk back. They don't make a mess. They just, you know, stay in their lane for the most part. Yeah. yeah so it is It is funny that I can't keep one alive when really, when you think about it, it's like they're, they're less low, like less low maintenance than, you know, animals, obviously, but animals are more demanding. So they sick. really are, right? They let you know when they're hungry and everything. Yeah, they let you know everything. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> so true. So now that we're switching gears a little bit, people have been working from home since last year, last March. It's a one-year anniversary. And people are looking for ways to kind of fix, switch up their styles in their home offices. So what are some interesting ways that we can style plants in their home offices, as well as like for, you know, mental health as well. I'm sure plants are beneficial in having them around to relieve stress too. So give us all your tips. Sure. That's such a great question. Though, honestly, the way that I buy furniture now is I have this question in mind is like, can I put plants on it? Like, that's the only way. So I'm like, if I can't, you know, stack a few plants on it, like it really, it really can't serve a purpose for me at this point with all these plants. But um, I really enjoy like just having a small plant on my desk while I work. And I'm also a fan of styling them vertically. I think a lot of people think that plants have to be either on the floor or like on a flat surface. But there's so many ways that you can style plants. There's like hanging planters. If you live in an apartment, you can get those like 3M strips and just um, hang them that way. Just be mindful of the weight. So just make sure that you get one that can hold the weight of your plant. So I like hanging them vertically, um, using some hooks in the kitchen and like entryways. I have some in the kitchen that way. Um, also, I I do stack some on bookshelves and things like that. But vertically is the, the way to optimize your space. The 3M strips tip is really good idea because I live in a rental and I have macrame hangers and I'm always trying to figure out how the best way to use those. So that's such a good yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And then if you ever move out, you don't damage the wall. Like you're set. It's great. I've seen other people use like tension rods and hanging them from the window. I personally haven't done that just because I don't know how like the weight would hold hold when you water it. So you could do something like that even. And yeah, vertical is the way to go. It's the way to maximize your space. I love that. So like potentially if someone was going to work with you, like they could like show you their wall and then you would be like, here's what to do. Yeah, for sure. So when people book consultations, like the way it usually works is they'll get on the calendar and then we'll send them an intake form with several questions. And then there's like open-ended questions where they could like type in like, these are what my needs are. And so then we'll kind of assess that before the consultation. I love that. Cause I feel like a lot of people, it's like, it's not even just, oh, well, I don't know which plant to get, or I don't know 
you know, which one I could possibly take care of. But they're also like, I don't know where to put it. I don't know where, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't like they see a plant and they're like, I like that. But they're just like, I don't really know how that would translate into my home. And I do think there's going to be so much. I mean, they're already like plants are huge. And I think there's especially in the black community, like plants have, you know, like we've really reclaimed that. Um, in our community. But I think that it's just going to continue to get bigger and bigger as we, you know, our home more and that sort of thing. So I I, I love that you actually help people kind of like figure out good places to put them as well. Cause that's such a big part of it. Like people don't think about that. It really is. And you have to think about like, Hey, you know, should I put this big, huge plant in the entryway where my kid throws a football? Like that's something to consider. Or like, does my dog, you know, like barrel around this corner all the time at five o'clock. Maybe it's not a good place for that plant too. Yeah. Cause we, I definitely want people to walk away feeling like empowered in their abilities, like with plant parenthood. I don't want them walking away like, oh, well, you know, I kind of just like got a few good ideas, you know, cause every situation yeah. is different. So that's why it's really important for them to fill out the intake form. Cause not every consultation is going to be the same. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Okay. So I know that earlier I said that I may have done a little plant murder. So <laughs> basically when like before my grandmother died, she actually gave Christmas cactuses like on her last Christmas to like me, my mom and a few of my aunts. And I killed that cactus and my mom was not pleased. Um, she was like, this is your last gift from your grandmother. I'm like, oops. Um, so now that's why I like take really good care of my Christmas, Christmas cactuses. But also like aloe is a big thing in my family because my grandmother planted an aloe tree or an aloe plant the year I was born and it like has flourished and it's huge. It's still there. Like my grandparents sold their house, but we know the people that own it. So like technically I can go see it in Orlando whenever I want to, which is nice. I love that. That's beautiful. So aloe has just become like a, a plant in our family that we just kind of like give to each other, you know, here and there. And it just, I don't know, like it just, I don't know. It's just like a symbol of like our family to us. So my mom got me an aloe plant a few years ago and I took really good care of it. It was like flourishing, doing so well. Well, during the move, she has become real messy. And like, the thing is, so what I want to know is like, real messy. I love that. this question is literally just for me, <laughs> but I'm sure other people can relate. Cause it's like, if you, if you have a plant, it's like, number one, how do you know if you killed it? Because like, I'm not sure. Yeah. And then like, like, cause that's what I'm like, do you continue trying to save it? Like, how do you know, is there a way to save it? Like basically just like, how do you even know what's going on with it? You know, yeah, for sure. No, that's great. And a lot of times some plants don't like to be moved. Just like, you know, sometimes some of us, we don't like you to touch our stuff. Like some plants, they're like, don't move me. I like this spot. Um, I learned that the hard way with my fiddle leaf fig, but we have like a good relationship now. So mm-hmm. we're good. But we also offer like a plant 911 call- consultation where I can like walk you through that process because like every plant is different, right? So some plants, they also go dormant in the winter. Like they'll die back and come back in the spring. But I think with the aloe, it might be just because it's winter and it's cold because I had the same issue with an aloe that I got from like a plant swap. Like it was nice and then it was like brown and then it was just like, I don't like you. And I was like, oh, why? And then in the summer, I put it in full sun and it just came back. So it might be a light mm-hmm. in the temperature because aloe, they love the sun. 
Yeah, because my husband basically packed it really badly, and I didn't realize it until after our 12-hour trip was over, and then I was like, you murdered my aloe plant. But then I was like, I I almost immediately, like, threw it away, but then I was like, well, parts of it are still green, like, it's, you know, so I've just kind of, like, been treating it like it's alive, but I'm like, I don't really know if it's alive, but I, maybe, you know? That's a good sign if it has new growth. So as long as you keep getting new growth, like keep, you know, holding on to it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to hold on to her and see how she does. I'm going to take some photos today and we'll do like before and afters come like end of spring. Yes, for sure. I'm um, like, she might just be struggling through winter like me. <laughs> right. Same. And, and that's the thing, like with plants, like they're living things. Right. And just like, we're not always at our best. Our plants aren't always going to look Instagram ready. Like sometimes we might have acne and sometimes we might be a little bloated. So like That's the same so thing true. with the plants. Yeah. She'll, she'll rise like the Phoenix she is come summer. I absolutely love that. Like your plants are not always Instagram ready. Like that's so true. Like that is so true because I Instagram my plants every day and I'm like, you know what? It's like, it's not just their job to like be cute for my Instagram. So seriously, that is true. Especially after I put them through the trauma of the move. So I maybe should be a little bit more patient. (laughs) Yeah. Just give her a little time. She'll bounce back. It's good. Girl, <laughs> I love that. It's not true. My plant is probably like, girl, you weren't okay this winter. So, like, why do you expect me to be okay? <laughs> right? No doubt. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. So currently right now I offer virtual com- consultations. I offer like three different levels of that. Um, if you're also local to the New York City area, I offer done for you plant shopping because I realize not everybody can get out. Like sometimes people just get overwhelmed by choices. So I offer that as a service. And I also have an online plant shop. Um, in addition to those things, I'm going to add a few online classes, one of which will be a repotting class that'll launch this spring because I know we're all eager to, you know, get our hands back in the dirt. Some of our plants kind of outgrew planters, so people are going to need help with like repotting and like where to start for sure. Um, if you want, you can keep up with me on Instagram at the ratchet hipster. You can visit the site, the ratchet or send me an email at the ratchet hipster at gmail.com. And also, as, as a special incentive for the Heart and Hustle listeners, anything in the shop is 15% off with the code Heart and Hustle 15. Yay! I love it. I'm like, I need the, yeah, I was saying, I need the class on repotting because I feel like that's going to be the key with this aloe plant at some point, is probably repotting it um also I'm like I don't know how to do it it's like in theory I do but I know I'm missing things you know what I mean for sure and that's a whole nother thing like the the science of soils what type of soil you use what fertilizer like plant it's just like a whole rabbit hole of plants I kind of wish I paid more attention in science class but you know how that goes man if they would have been teaching like hands-on with plants, I feel like I would have been real into that, but that is not what they taught me. Yeah, that's not what I got either. I was like, cells, what is this? Actually, before I moved from Orlando, John and I gifted um, our nieces plants 
because they were, you know, really upset that we were moving. So we were like, well, we're giving you each a plant. We got, got them each a succulent and we told them it's their job to like take care of it, talk to it every day, keep it on their bedside table and that we're going to check on it every time that we come back to, you know, Orlando. Um, so I feel like that is like a really good project for a kid. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I actually, all my kids have plants in their room and I do the same thing. Like, this is how you take care of it. Like, you have to take care of it, you have to take care of yourself kind of a thing. So, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, well, thank sure. you, Donna, so much. I feel like I learned so much. I am so excited to take your repotting class. I am so excited to get these babies like a lot healthier and actually be a better plant mom. <laughs> no, you're doing great. I love it. Thanks so much for having me. Of course.